and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hello, you guys, and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. We hope you had a wonderful general conference weekend. You feel uplifted. Ew. Made some delicious treats over the weekend and took (laughs) lots of notes because that's all about general conference. Fill up that notebook. Ew. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) This is kind of off topic, but on the same topic of like Mormon treats and stuff. It was so funny the other day at work, and by at work, I mean remote work. So chatting on, you know, our little platform, we were, somehow we got on the topic of potatoes, and I just instantly was like, funeral potatoes? (laughs) And all of my colleagues were like, what? What is, what is a funeral potato? Like, what what are you talking about? And I was like, oh yeah, forget, that's like such a Mormon thing. And so like, I literally just Googled it. And they have it, it has its own Wikipedia page that talks about how it's like a Mormon food that was started from like the Relief Society and bringing like food to funerals and whatnot. And they were just like, it sounds really yummy though. I'm like, oh, it is delicious, but it's so Mormon. And and they're like, oh, go ahead. That's funny. There's a whole Wikipedia page. Yeah. (laughs) Good old Mormon treats. But you know what? It wasn't until you mentioned it, I think yesterday, that I, I didn't even know it was conference weekend because I've unfollowed or deleted all of the Mormons on my social media account. So, like, I don't ever see the quotes anymore. Yeah, I I still see them. And oh, um, <laughs> I um, I've see, I saw a few of the more, quote unquote, progressive Mormons sharing this viral image that was basically just text that said, just remember that you don't have to agree with everything in conference and the men, these leaders are, you know, just men and blah, 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 like trying to be progressive. And I actually called one of them out and I responded and I said, doesn't this feel like gaslighting to you? I mean, we're told our whole lives to follow the prophet. We sing a song in primary that says follow the prophet more than 50 times. And then some Instagram account that's pro-Mormon says, remember, it's okay to not fully agree with the leaders, but it's like, that's not what the church teaches. You have to agree with the leaders and you have to follow them. But they're trying to make it make sense in their mind. Like, oh, I get it. They might say some anti-gay stuff and they might just flat out lie about past racism. And they might, you know, they just try to gaslight you into thinking that it's okay to still be a part of this thing, even though it's harmful to everyone who's not a straight white man, but okay. (laughs) God, and I, like, I didn't even have the stomach to read these, like, conference talks, but Katie, the ones that you shared on Instagram today, because Katie is a bae, and she always... (laughs) uploads those crazy those really good memes and things on our story I you can bet like 95% of the time it's going to be Katie and she finds (laughs) these gems and they're so great um (laughs) and so I was looking at them today and I was like oh my god these talks that they had like I just I can't wrap my head around the fact that they still are trying to act as if they're so progressive and not racist all the while they haven't even acknowledged 
Nope. Or apologize for the racist past and present. Like they yeah. still have doctrine that is based on really horrific racist things. Like I just it blows my mind that people are like promoting this. Like Mormons are being like, look, see, like so progressive. I can't. I just it makes my blood boil and I, I can't do it. And then also Katie. <laughs> The video, so Katie sent me this video on Facebook, <laughs> and I got it, like, in the morning, so I didn't actually watch it when I first, I like, woke up, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this later when I'm more awake, and I watched it, and I couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I used to believe in this shit, and, like, so basically, I don't even remember what woman it is, like, what, um, I think maybe she's president of Relief Society or Primary, because that's all women can be, so she's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. And she's talking about coffee and, like, the way she's – maybe you guys have heard this conference talk, but the way she's talking about coffee, you would think she was talking about murder. Like, it is the most ridiculous thing you will ever listen to. She's just like, and this pioneer woman, she thought that she could fool the Lord and have a cup of coffee every day and it would do no wrong, but she's missing out on – eternal blessings and I'm like the woman literally literally starts weeping and her voice starts breaking she's crying over a cup of coffee and like how this pioneer woman because she drank coffee it led her children to want to drink coffee and then they missed out on blessings and she's like (laughs) she's weeping about this and I was like oh man this is too much. Like, so I'll, I'll find that link and I'll link it in the show notes so you guys can go watch it because it's really eye opening to watch that kind of stuff now. Because back when I was a Mormon, I probably would have been touched and thought, Oh wow, look, one cup of coffee can have such huge consequences. And she's so emotional and it's eternal salvation. And now I'm just like, honey, it's a cup of coffee. Calm your tits. Like, exactly it's just like it's so it's even more ridiculous and absurd when we're in the middle of a pandemic and like with police brutality racism these really powerful movements that are happening and then you have this woman who's talking about (laughs) coffee like I just so upset she's so upset oh my god so good I mean we're just Karen's complaining though Katie oh we are. That's our new name. Guys, <laughs> this, this dude, he, his name is Justin. Justin Hicken. I'm going to blast you on our platform. He left a review. and The title is Karen's Complaining. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We're changing the name of the podcast. Okay, start over, start over, do over. Hello, and welcome to Karen's Complaining Podcast. <laughs> This is Karen number one. And this is Karen number two. And we're going to bitch. <laughs> and if this is a good tagline. If you like negative energy and Karen's with the apostrophe complaining, this is your jam. Thank this you, Justin. That's a great tagline. I appreciate that. Um, oh we also had another one, <laughs> which made me giggle when I read it. Uh, I don't know who this is. It's M-C-E-E-H. I'm calling you out, too. Although you didn't put your actual name, so I feel like you're just a bit of a troll in your anonymity. Um, 
This person says the title is Tried to Like It. <laughs> I tried to like it. <laughs> I tried to like it, but I sure no couldn't. It's kind of and- like olives. You try to like it. I don't know. It's just not for me. <laughs> and then he, this person says the topic sounded interesting. Unfortunately, I couldn't get past the immature inflections. And giggling. Katie, I didn't even know we had immature inflections. Which, what inflections are is he talking about? Like, Actually, I don't know when my voice gets high because I'm, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, a woman. Uh, uh, that's probably what he's talking about. And then he says, reminiscent of Valley Girls. Nor oh, yeah. could I get past the abundant use of, quote, like and, quote, you know. <laughs> In every sentence. Like, you know, Katie. Like, you know, Sarah. I mean, Karen. <laughs> God, so good. So thank you both. So um, you're great, but not really. Um, as usual, all the other amazing reviews we appreciate. We have some from, I'm just going to give a quick, very quick shout out. Um, we have Crummy Girl. We have Lexi Lee. We have Kittlebug. OCD Shopper, Lovacate, M. Reagan, It's Me and Myself and I, Basic White Mo, which was <laughs> not a nice one. So I'm going to, oh, no, it is. It's a nice review, but they only give us two out of five. That might have been an accident. Let's, let's hope. Basic White Mo, let's, let's hope that was an accident. We have bby bridge 97 super something shalice which we know of her um sugar creep cat had escaped the crazy raquel don't know how to say it nickname and the rest are just kind of hot haters and we've already shouted out the other ones so many lovely lovely reviews i'm not obviously going to read them but lots of five out of five and just really great people so thanks I have one funny thing to share that made me laugh really hard if before we get into the topic okay so I saw this meme I shared it on Instagram so you guys might have seen it but it's it has a picture of Russell M. Nelson and it says Russell M. Nelson or Rusty says that God told him his church should be called by his name so Jesus is Greek for Yeshua Yeshua is Hebrew for Joshua and so that means his name is Josh. So now it's the Church of Josh Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> I just see that in the story you posted, and I literally giggled aloud. The guy was like, that is laughing. That's so funny to me. Like, I belong to the Church of Josh Christ. Like, I don't know why that's so good to me. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. I also love the one that you uh, posted with Kurt Cameron. (laughs) I posted a lot. Which one is it? Sorry, it's the one where it's like on the left column, it's like asking these questions, and the the guy on the right is like, God did it. God did it. But that isn't that Kurt Cameron from like um, uh, Step by Step, I believe. Was oh the yeah, show. right, right. Uh-huh. Anyways, yeah. and he went on to do like uh, those religious movies and books. You remember? <laughs> I bet yeah. listeners are like yelling at this, but I read it as like because I grew up in the South and they were huge. It was like those books about like 
basically the book of Revelation. So when it happens and everyone like is ascended and the rest of the earth is just, oh, what were they called? I can picture them, but I can't remember the name. Yeah, it's like fire and it's not Revelation. Uh, Will someone someone think of it? Yeah, let us know. Anyways, he's in those. Okay, sorry, we have derailed long enough. I apologize. No, you can get. So today's topic is we're going to be talking about a book that is called Mormon Doctrine, and it was written by the Apostle Bruce R. McConkie. So, yes, Bruce R. McConkie was an apostle until his death, until 1985. He was an apostle for a really long time. He was part of the Quorum of the Seventy, and also he moved up to be part of the Quorum of the Twelve, which is like, if you don't know, listeners, that's right underneath the prophet. So very like, quote unquote, spiritual man, very close to God, speaks a general conference, gives, you know, tells people what to do, basically, as a leader in the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he published this book called Mormon Doctrine, which he described as, quote, the first major attempt to digest, explain and analyze all of the important doctrines of the kingdom. And it was the first extensive, almost like dictionary or encyclopedia of the gospel. It was his attempt to, like, basically publish a commentary covering the whole field of everything in Mormonism. And it's it's all in this book, and it's alphabetized by category. And he gives his Ooh. thoughts and, like, analyzes all of these different things in the gospel. Now, this was published and sold by Deseret Book until 2010. So it's not published anymore. And a lot of Mormons like to say, when you bring up Mormon doctrine, they'll say, it was written by Bruce R. McConkie. It wasn't written by the church. And, you know, this isn't an official part of church publication or scripture. But, like, it was written by an apostle who they still revere as someone who is very close to God. Like they still quote him in talks and they have all of his like speeches online. So, you know, it's not like they denounce this man or denounce this book. It's just, it's not currently sold at Deseret Book, but it was very recently. So. Yeah. And, and again, like this, what you just pointed out, like this is Bruce R. McConkie. There are so many quotes from him they use in like, Sunday school manuals and, you know, primary and seminary, all that stuff. So, it's, again, Katie, like what you were saying, it's not like it's this uh, Mormon guy in the church that no one really knows about. Like, he's well known. So, yeah. of course, they're going to use what he says. And they do. Like, they use all these other do. quotes. Mm-hmm. So. And this book was really, like, popular. And I bet listeners, if you're listening... Uh, I, I bet if you're listening, duh, you are listening. If you're listening, I'm so stupid. Um, (laughs) but I bet lots of your listeners have parents or grandparents who have this on their bookshelf because it was pretty well read and well distributed for a long time. And, um, I actually downloaded the PDF of this book and I pulled out quotes from it on different topics that I thought would be either hilarious or enraging or just weird. And I will share them all with you. The ones that 
you know, like stood out to me as kind of the most bizarre um, so that you guys don't have to download the PDF because it's like 700 pages long. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so excited about this. Okay, so my first topic that he speaks about that I'm going to read a quote from is about birth control. He says, In the beginning, the Lord commanded man to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with posterity, thus providing bodies for the host of pre-existent spirits. It follows that those who practice birth control, the regulation of the number of births in a family by the employment of artificial means or contraceptives to prevent conception, are running counter to the foreordained plan of the Almighty. They are in rebellion against God and are guilty of gross wickedness. So it's like, this is flat out says, if you try to regulate the number of children you have, you are wicked. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine just reading this? And this wasn't even that long ago that this was like, holy <sighs> just, I, just I wish David Attenborough would just like <laughs> duke it out with him, you know? <laughs> Like, I just wish, you know, David would sit down with Mormons and be like, and Catholics and everyone else who is religious and preaches that you don't need to have birth control, that birth control is evil. And just be like, listen, Listen. we have a problem with the Earth's population. Um, Let's not have 20 kids. Let's not. Let's Mm -hmm. not. And this is not a dig at any of our listeners who have more than two kids. That's not at all what we're trying to say. I just think it's so, it's it's irresponsible. I mean, do I dare say that? That, like, if you have means to have birth control, like, if you are able to have birth control and you can afford it and you're in a place where health-wise, everything you can, it's irresponsible of church leaders to preach and promote that you should not use birth control like it's just it's yeah and that goes against just your freedom like you should be able to choose how and when you have children so yeah okay next topic next topic is blasphemy (laughs) okay among a great host of Impious and sacrilegious speaking that constitute blasphemy are such things as taking the name of God in vain, evil speaking about the Lord's anointed, belittling sacred temple ordinances or patriarchal blessings or sacrament, claiming unwarranted divine authority and promulgating with profane piety a false system of salvation. This one made me giggle because it's a lot of stuff that we do. Like, <laughs> we totally talk about the sacred, quote unquote, temple ordinances, and we've read your patriarchal blessing, and we've talked ah. bad about the prophets. <laughs> so I guess we're, we're blasphemous. so blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. I thought this was so interesting, especially because we've covered it recently. This is about. The calling and election made short, also known as the second anointing. And he writes about it in his book, which, like, I didn't know that it was in here. But it says, 
Those members of the church who devote themselves wholly to righteousness, living by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God, make their calling and election sure. That is, they receive the more sure word of prophecy, which means that the Lord seals their exaltation upon them while they are yet in this life. Whoa. I know. I didn't know that it was written about in other places like that when I was doing my research for the second anointing, but it was there plain as day for anyone who had this book, Mormon Doctrine, to read. So if if Mormons ever try to say like, no, that's just a lie, that's made up, it's like, no, look, Bruce R. McConkie literally said it's a real thing that happens in the temple. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's why they discontinued it. I wonder, they used the excuse when I looked it up, they said that it, they, um, aren't publishing it or selling it at Deseret Book anymore because it's not as popular. But like, I kind of think there might be other reasons. Oh, sure. Okay. (laughs) All right. Next is in regards to capital punishment and the death penalty. Woof. Wow. Okay. To Joseph Smith, who also had the gospel and not the lesser law, the Almighty said, He that killeth shall die. Through Paul, who preached the gospel and not the law of carnal commandments, we learn the principle that those who commit certain sexual perversions are worthy of death. Anciently, the death penalty was invoked for adultery and many other offenses against God and man. Modern governments do not take the life of the adulterer, and some of them have done away with the supreme penalty where murder is involved, all of which is further evidence of the direful apostasy that prevails among the peoples who call themselves Christians. That is fucked. Fucking yikes, right? Like advocating for the death penalty for any quote-unquote sexual perversion, which, by the way, we'll get into, but he definitely classifies being gay as a sexual perversion. (gasps) So any kind of quote-unquote sexual sin is worthy of death? Who are you, Bruce R. McConkie, to tell people that they have to die if they have sex? That's that's horrible. Like, that is really fucked. It's really scary that this, yeah, was in publication and being sold till 2010, and so... You can just imagine like some zealous uh, Mormon dude reading this and totally thinking that it's okay to just go kill someone because of their sexuality. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like that's what I was just thinking about. Like how many things have been done throughout the, since this book was published that has not made the news or is not that has been hidden because right. of Mormon leaders of some type of hate crime because of this this doctrine that's taught like Mm -hmm. I just can't even it's really uh, scary also I just have to say I have to get this off my chest I feel like I may have offended some people by my comment earlier but I promise if you have more than two kids it's okay I didn't mean it that way oh oh you're so sweet (laughs) I was just thinking about it that that sounded really harsh but I was just trying to say it's irresponsible to teach that you have to have a certain amount of kids and not have and not have the option to be on birth control. Yeah, like if you really want much. to do what you want to do, but yeah, it becomes super problematic when a church is telling you what you can and can't do. Exactly. I, yeah, I got your point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, continue. I just had to get it off my chest because I felt okay. like I was offending people. 
Next, and I'm only allowed up, to offend Mormons, and that's yeah, it. That's it. <laughs> next topic is card playing. <laughs> what? Yep. Okay, listen close. He says, members of the church should not belong to bridge or other type of card clubs, and they should neither play cards nor have them in their homes. By cards is meant the spotted face cards used by gamblers. To the extent that church members play cards, they are in apostasy and rebellion. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't play cards. No playing this cards. This is like one of the craziest ones I have ever heard. That yeah. is And ridiculous. to this day, I've heard from people that to this day, their families don't allow face cards in the house because of this. Because of Bruce R. McConkie, because what? they believe that they're evil, because they represent gambling, and gambling is controlled by Satan. So they're not allowed in the house. Same with, like, dice for certain families. Oh, my God, this makes so much sense, though, because I remember, like, okay, so my family and I, we grew up playing card games. Like, we we would play, like, poker and, you know, blackjack and all of those <laughs> card games. Like, and my brothers and I, we would, like, you know... We would gamble with our pennies or with candy or with whatever, like, just because we were like, oh, yeah, like, let's let's play and place bets. And my parents never cared. They were like, it's just fun. You know, it's not like we had hundreds of dollars to bet anyways. It was like candy right. and shit. Right. So um, but and so I loved it. Like we just were a, a card playing family. Like it was one of our really nice memories growing up. And so when I moved to Utah, I remember always being like, ooh, let's play this game or like, let's play that. And everyone just being like, ooh, like, <laughs> yeah, but they never explained. I didn't understand because I did remember someone made a comment like, you're not supposed to bet or blah, blah, blah. And so they would play games. But as long as they weren't like, you play card games if they were like Uno or something right. like that, but nothing that you could bet on. Mm-hmm, because that's evil, because it's gambling. Yeah. Oh, my God. It all <laughs> and this is sense. where it came from, is, is him. And okay. lots of people follow it still. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next one is dancing. I'm sure you're excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dances should be properly conducted, supervised, and chaperoned. Church standards of dress and conduct must prevail. It is improper to dance a whole evening or a major part of it with the same person. Dating by the very young and immature is discouraged. Attendance at public dances, as distinguished from those sponsored by the church, is unwise and should not be done. Prolonging dances past midnight when the next day is the Sabbath or to the early hours of the morning on any day should not be permitted. Tobacco and liquor have no place at a proper dance, and church dances should be opened and closed with prayer. Oh, <laughs> It's just so like dorky and also how he says it don't go to any dance unless it's sponsored by the church like eek that's so culty that's I was gonna say like what is it my favorite murder who says call your dad you're in a cult that's (laughs) definitely what that is yeah and just so cringy it just reminded me of all the church dances I went to and how cringy they were and like how the chaperones would monitor how close you were even just standing to someone else and (laughs) book of mormon space katie yeah book of mormon in between (laughs) yeah and also (laughs) 
<laughs> I just can't stop giggling with this. I, yeah, for those listening who did not grow up Mormon, like, I can't even tell you how cringy it is. So you, you do start a dance with a prayer. <laughs> And then you end. So, like, if you're, like, the last person dancing, and by dancing I mean, like, doing the Macarena and shit like that, because Mm -hmm. there's no grinding, there's no hip-hop, there's no actual great music. It's just, like, really old tunes that have no swear words, and everyone's just, it's, it's so basic. And I was one of those bitches, like, basic. Well, I did, I did a little, you know, drop in and lock in and stuff like that. But it wasn't good. It was very basic too. But um, then you would end with a prayer. And so it was like the biggest like buzzkill ever where you're like dancing, you're in the dark, you're like having fun, you're drinking that sweet Mormon Kool-Aid and <laughs> eating those pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, which I ain't hating because I love those. That and was like chilling. a treat you got those. Usually it was something like Rice Krispie Treats, which also not hating, but like the pumpkin was where it was at. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, and then they like turn on the lights and it's like start cleaning up. And then it's like, everyone, can we close out this dance with a song? And it's like, or sorry, with a prayer. And it's just so awkward. It's like, so awkward. It's, it's the most so awkward cringy. thing. Yeah. So funny. Ugh, God. Uh, okay. Next topic is evolution, and he says, there is no harmony between the truths of revealed religion and the theories of organic evolution. Oh, my God. I wish straight Greg up was in it. Yep. And he would be up. screaming right now. I mean, like, what? This yep. can't be what you guys believe. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next topic is Jesus. Hey, oh, Celestial Jesus. <laughs> Celestial Wait, his name's Josh. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> okay. Though it was a common name anciently, the name Jesus is used by the Lord God Omnipotent as his personal name has given it a sacred connotation for all succeeding generations. Accordingly, its profane and repetitive repetitious use as well as the unfortunate modern practice among certain peoples of using it as a given name for children is not in keeping with the true spirit of reverence and worship is that That, not so racist i was gonna say that is incredibly racist like people have been naming their children jesus or jesus for thousands or if not more years and then this fucker comes in and is like you can't name your kid jesus because we white people claimed it <gasps> oh my god yeah that was so gross to me i had to point it out yep okay next topic is collab <laughs> yeah this is such a weird one it's just a weird weird thing so weird so Kolob is the name of the planet nearest to the celestial residence of God. It is first in government, the last pertaining to the measurement of time. One day in Kolob is equal to a thousand years, according to the measurement of this earth. How bizarre is that? Like they teach about this, this planet that's not real. And but they claim that it's real and it's like where God lives or the closest planet to God. And then you can measure it in Earth years. <laughs> I can't believe I believe this shit. 
It's as weird as science, uh, really. <laughs> it's like, okay, but speaking of that, this is why I'm giggling also so much, is before we recorded, Greg and I had dinner, and we we were watching Family Guy, and there's <laughs> the episode we watch is like, you know, when they do baby Tom Cruise, I don't know if you watch Family Guy, but like, he's, he's like a recurring character, and the last one we watched where it was like... <laughs> They call the Church of Scientology the Church of Science Bebop. <laughs> no, Beboop. 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 <laughs> and I couldn't, like, we were both, like, crying. We were laughing so oh, hard. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> and then I just thought, like, that could be also applied to Mormonism, the Church of Bebop. Or Beboop. They could, because they just make up this really weird... <laughs> super bizarre stuff and people are just like oh yeah makes sense I totally buy that there's a planet called Kolob and it can be measured in a thousand years to every earth you're like what there's a a hymn you guys like they sing a song which I I never learned about Kolob until BYU days like I just never heard of it before Mm -hmm. like we never sang that song in sacrament Oh, yeah. I, I remember singing it quite often in sacrament meeting, Oof. which, yeah, they just sing along like no, no second thought. <laughs> so, so weird. OK, next topic. Be prepared to be mad. It's about the Lamanites, which, mm. um, as you know, listeners, probably when they talk about Lamanites, they're referring to. Native Americans, because they think that they know the history of Native Americans better than Native Americans themselves. So um, he says, when the gospel is taken to the Lamanites in our day and they come to a knowledge of Christ and of their fathers, then the scales of darkness fall from their eyes and many generations shall not pass away among them. Save they shall be a white and delightsome people. Finally, before the judgment bar of God, all who have been righteous, Lamanites and Nephites alike, will be free from the curse of spiritual death and the skin of darkness. (gasps) Okay, but first of all, this makes me so angry and disgusted and just like my blood boiling even more after fucking conference and everyone... Uh posting this talk that whichever I don't know I think it was Nelson said that like oh we're not racist and also like it was Quentin Cook Cook, and you know what he can go fuck himself because they're just straight up lying they are lying about their history and also read your own book of Mormon it says that the Lamanites were quote-unquote cursed with black skin like how much more racist can you get yeah and that's the part that I know we've talked about this before but I'm gonna keep talking about it it just pisses me off because then you get so many Mormons saying like, oh, but it's just metaphorical. It doesn't actually mean it's like, no, you don't get to just say that for every single one of your fucking scriptures. Like, it doesn't work that way. You don't get to like because it's racist or sexist or just a really fucked up thing to say and have on your scriptures. You get to play the oh, but it's not interpreted that way. It's not you literal. You can choose which ones are metaphorical and which ones are real. Like if you can just say it's all metaphorical, who's to say any of it was ever real at all? Which, which also spoiler yeah. alert, it's not. But like yep. <laughs> they just pick and choose, and it's very frustrating. It's so gaslighty and disgusting. I hate it. Yep. 
well, prepare to continue to be mad because the next topic is medicine men. Oh. All right, here we go. I'm shaking it out. Here we go. Among the various tribes of American Indians, certain men have been or are called medicine men. Their furictions in the tribes are both spiritual and medicinal. They care for the sick by means of herbs and the like, and they perform chants, also known as sings, and other ceremonies to ward off evil, entice divine favor, heal the sick, obtain rain, gain victory in battle, and so forth. Obviously, the quote-unquote ministry in which these Lamanites are engaged is a degenerate, apostate, and perverted form of the original ministry of elders, patriarchs, and other righteous saints. Many of the chants and sings which have been handed down from time among them are said to tell the stories of Adam and Eve, the flood, the colonization of America by their Hebrew forebears, and the ministry of the great white God. Wow. Hey, white dude, go fuck yourself. Like that. And just so you know, great white God is all capitalized. (gasps) Oh, my God. Can you... Can you just, like, take a screenshot? I don't know if you have this on your notes or in the PDF, but can you just take a screenshot of that and yeah, post it or send it to me? Because I am just so fucking done with these Mormons saying that their church is not racist and that their doctrine is not racist and that they've never taught racist politics. Like, this book was in use until 2010, so yes. go and fuck right off. It's teaching that the Native, the sacred rituals of Native Americans are, quote-unquote, degenerate and perverted like and and he's also teaching like they don't teach about this white christian version of like adam and eve and the flood he's totally misinterpreting their ancient stories and rituals like they have their own version like of a creation story and he's just saying that like uh, i i hate it so bad anyway which obviously Native Americans were around a lot longer than fucking white Europeans who came over oh, and created mass genocide and like oh god just fuck right off See, and yeah like also who who the fuck is Bruce R McConkie to talk about any type of rituals being whatever his quote was, whenever you go to the temple and you wear a fucking Pillsbury Doughboy hat and put your hands in the air in circles and saying like, oh God, like you're saying these really weird cult things. Like who are you to comment on anyone's rituals? Yeah. Right. That is such a good point. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. The next topic is the term Mormons. Okay. Oh no. He said that. Yeah. So he said, Mormon was the ancient Nephite prophet who abridged and compiled the sacred records of his people under the title The Book of Mormon. This inspired book, containing a record of God's dealings with a people who had the fullness of the gospel, is accepted by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints as scripture. Accordingly, Unofficially and by way of nickname, members of this restored church have become known as Mormons, a name which is in no sense offensive or objectionable to them. Oh. <laughs> so God think to tell his apostle Bruce R. McConkie, like, hey, don't say that because later in, you know, like 
I don't know, 40 years, I'm going to say, oops, you should have never been calling them Mormons, actually. That's way offensive to me. <laughs> I mean, just another great example of all these white dudes just talking out their ass. Like, there yeah. is no divine revelation. Nope. Literally just their own power ego trips talking out their ass. Like, they just want to hear themselves talk. And that's what this is, because... It is. Now, totally you know... And, and it, all it was with with Nelson is it had nothing I don't even think it had to do with him it's just it's just marketing 101 like Mm -hmm. the church had bad rep it was coming into you know all the internet led to so many people discovering the truth about the church feeling brainwashed feeling manipulated so they had to do rebranding it was they had to rebrand the church and they did it by saying that God decided to change the name (laughs) it's just so silly (laughs) I know God God decided, don't call us Mormon. All right, next topic is about black people, so buckle in. Uh, Those who were less valiant in the pre-existence and who thereby had certain spiritual restrictions imposed upon them during mortality are known to us as the Negroes. Such such spirits are sent to earth through the lineage of Cain, the mark put upon him for his rebellion against God and his murder of Abel. And that mark is being black skin. Mm-hmm. Noah's son Ham married Egyptus, a descendant of Cain, thus preserving the Negro lineage through the flood. Negroes in this life are denied the priesthood. Under no circumstances can they hold this delegation of authority from the Almighty. The gospel message of salvation is not carried affirmatively to them. Wow. So once again, hey, white man, go fuck yourself. And that can you also post that? Because that yeah. is just... And this man, like, this man was alive until 1985. Like, this isn't ancient shit. Like, this is re- more recent. And yeah, like we've said, this book is still on Mormon bookshelves. It was published until 2010. So this isn't like some very old thing. And even if it was, it's like, what kind of an apostle is this? If he's he's clearly saying that black people just don't get salvation like they just don't get it but even even if this was written along the time yeah of, exactly. like, joseph yeah. smith that's the whole point of what you know yeah. black lives matter movement and black members of the mormon church and black people who maybe aren't mormons but are ex-mormon or whatever their whole point is that the church should still fucking acknowledge the racism mm-hmm. and the that's racist good. comments that they made no matter when it was like if like that's the point that I just it blows my mind that they just keep trying to pretend like it never happened and that these quote-unquote apostles of the Lord just never said really horrible racist shit like this and that and they they don't denounce it they still like you've said they still very much hold Bruce R. McConkie in high regard as like a holy you know very spiritual godlike man and he said this stuff so, yeah, they need, but they won't apologize like we've said before. No. Okay, next topic is 144,000. Oh, what does that mean? Weird. Okay. At his second coming, the Lamb shall stand upon Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. 
These 144,000 are gods, as the name on their forehead specifies. Their callings and elections have been made sure. They are exalted personages. They are redeemed from among men. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God, and they have attained perfection. What? I've never heard about this. I yeah, didn't know there the 144,000 are like, it's part of those people um, that got their second anointing that were like perfect. Huh? They had their calling and election made sure. And when, like at the second coming, Jesus will be there. And then all these people who got their second anointing are there with him as gods. And they're automatically saved. Like they don't have to endure the apocalypse. Whoa, that it's made me like creeped out. I don't know why, yeah. but that gave it's me like really it's creepy. And um, and an interesting note about this too is remember um, the story of Lori Vallow, the crazy woman who unfortunately killed her children, and <gasps> she thought she was married to Moroni. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. She oh. she this is something she talks about a lot that like she was part of that 144,000 and she could do no wrong and that the she claimed the second coming was going to happen back in July and it uh didn't. <laughs> hey. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Oh, that's huh. Weird, that's right? Interesting. But also mm-hmm. I wonder what this name is on their forehead. I know, is it like Elohim? Or is it like their uh, their temple name? I don't know. I did see a really funny meme that was like <laughs> when Mormon men can't remember their wife's name, like their temple name. And it's kind of like, do I ask? Am I allowed to ask? Is it like, a, <laughs> you know, or, that was also a big fear of mine is that I was going to forget my temple name. So I had it like. I was so anxious about that. The day I went through the temple, I was like, kept repeating it over and over and over again in my head so that I would remember it because they're like, you must always remember your name. And it's like, I don't know. I, I just think that would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to um, have like Tabitha on my head. Tabitha. <laughs> Tabitha. Oh God. Oh, it's like a tattoo. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Okay, next topic is about the prophet. So listen close, because like we've said before, people nowadays love to say, oh, the prophets are just men. You know, they make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. But listen to what he has to say. The prophet is the one man on earth at a time who can both hold and exercise the keys of the kingdom in their fullness. By the authority vested in him, all ordinances of the gospel are performed. All teaching of the truths of salvation is authorized. And except for him, salvation would not be available to men of this day. The president of the church is the mouthpiece of God on earth. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt give heed unto all his words and commandments, which he shall give unto you as he receiveth them, walking in all holiness before me. For his word ye shall receive as if from mine own mouth in all patience and faith. Mm-hmm. This so needs to be a, a bit. It's like they say, like, oh no, it's not. You can pick and choose what you believe. Like they just say that stuff, and they might get it wrong. And it's like, well, this is a this is also taught that like you need to follow him. He's literally talking for God. So, but that's the thing is that there's so much whiplash, like back and forth, yes. back and forth. But I'm just like, you know what? 
Ugh, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm just... Mm, yeah. <laughs> Too much whiplash. <laughs> there is. I'm just like, you know, make up your mind. Is he a consistent God? Is he not? It, does the prophet of God speak on behalf of God or does he not? Yeah, like, which is one is he? A man? Is he a man of God? Which one is he? Yeah. All right. Next is the topic of psychiatry and therapy. <clears throat> Okay, here we go. In practice, psychiatry and therapy is in effect a form of apostate religion, which keeps sinners from repenting, gaining forgiveness and becoming candidates for salvation. To illustrate, an individual may go to a psychiatrist for treatment because of a serious guilt complex and consequent mental disorder arising out of some form of sex immorality, masturbation, for instance. It is not uncommon for psychiatrists in such situations to persuade the patient that masturbation itself is not evil, that his trouble arises from the false teachings of the church, and that such a practice is unclean, or the false teachings of the church that such a practice is unclean, and that therefore by discarding the teaching of the church, the guilt complex will cease and the mental stability return. In this way, iniquity is condoned, and many people are kept from complying with the law whereby they could become clean and spotless before the Lord, in the process of which they would also gain the mental and spiritual peace that overcomes mental disorders. Wow, that is so bad. Like that, that makes me sick. Like imagine how many people were taught that and yeah. who really struggle with mental health issues or traumas or anything like that. And they really do need professional help. And I'm, I'm speechless. There's, like that's yeah. so toxic. You know, and that made me realize like I've even heard certain like loved ones and family members they question therapy or anything to do with mental health because of things like this. And they think that like they can get it all handled just through the church or just through repentance or just through their bishop when they actually do need help with things or they do need therapy and they don't trust therapists because of shit like this that Bruce R. McConkie said. Wow. That's so bad. That's yeah, really like, I, Yeah. All right, next is just funny and ironic. We need a little break in the heaviness. <clears throat> this one's about cathedrals. So he says, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> Since these houses of supposed worship have normally been the largest, most ornate, and by far the most costly of all places of religious assembly, it has become common in the sectarian world to refer to all large and important church buildings as cathedrals. The Latter-day Saints, however, do not build cathedrals. Indeed, the erection and adorning of expensive and elaborate meeting houses for church worship is one of the signs of the great apostasy. (laughs) But hoarding 10% of everyone's income so that you have $100 billion or whatever that number was, I don't even care right now if I'm accurate, is okay. Yeah, and just the irony that of how ornate, elaborate, and expensive their temples are. Like, sure, you might have very modest, you know, chapels and meeting houses, but they have crazy expensive temples. Yeah, of course. It's so ironic and funny that they would, he would be like, yeah, cathedrals, evil. Our temples, good. Even though they're, like, very similar. (laughs) And it's just, like, so self-righteous as usual. Like, the arrogance in Mormonism is, like, astounding. 
yeah. Ugh. All right. Next topic is sex immorality. Virtue may be lost by degrees, and chastity may be destroyed a step at a time. Immodesty, necking and petting, <laughs> frequent, frequently lead to much grosser offenses. Every degree and type of lewdness, lasciviousness, and licentiousness, whatever that is, of prostitution and whoredoms, of sodomy and homosexuality, of masturbation and perversion, of rape, seduction, infidelity, adultery, fornication, and uncleanness. All these things, as well as many others, are condemned by divine edict and are among Lucifer's chief means of leading souls to hell. No more loathsome cancer disfigures the body and soul of society today than the frightful affliction of sexual sin. Wow, Bruce, you need to get laid. (laughs) Like, that is just... It's just terrible. It's such a big root of of Mormon guilt is the sexual shame and oppression. Like you're not allowed <clears throat> to even entertain the idea, much less act on sexual urges with consent. You know what I mean? Like I'm not talking about rape, obviously. Yeah, like yeah, obviously. you know, don't don't act on those urges in any way. But like masturbation to adults consenting to sex, like there's just so much shame and guilt and like mm-hmm threatening like fear it's so fear based. Yeah, he straight up says you will go to hell he uses the word hell which is interesting because yeah. that's not used much in mormonism they like to avoid that word but he uses it he's like yep you're gay or you do anything besides what we tell you you can do sexually and you're going to hell wow all right In terms of tithing, he says, members of the church who do not pay an honest tithing thereby deny themselves of the promised blessings and in addition are condemned as covenant breakers. For in the waters of baptism, they have covenanted to keep the commandments of God, including tithing. As a matter of fact, this covenant breaking, this stealing from God of his tenth, classes them among those who live a telestial law and who will be burned at the second coming. Fuck. I forgot about that. I forgot that, um, sorry guys, that, um, tithe, like if you don't pay tithing, I I think it's in Malachi maybe where it talks about like robbing God of Mm -hmm. tithing, which is for those listening, that's in the Old Testament. Maybe it's the New Testament. I don't know. It's in the Bible. Um, but I do remember being taught that like, one of the consequences of not paying tithing is not just only like outer dark, not outer darkness, but like not having celestial kingdom or, or not being able to even make it into the telestial or terrestrial, but like this idea of burning, like you, yeah, you get yeah. burned in the last day or like in, in judgment times is like you're burned. And that's, that's so scary. Right. And yeah. also just, I thought it was, it really struck me to like, he says, you commit to this covenant when you're eight years old and you're baptized and you commit. And if you don't, you will burn. Like, that's wild. It's so scary, especially for a young child. And they don't know what they're really committing to there. Which also I just want to I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think we've ever really talked about this when we talk about tithing. 
But I just want to emphasize this to especially people who didn't grow up as Mormons or you're just interested. It, when it comes to tithing, it's taught at the, the age you turn, I think it's eight. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I know it's eight. When you're baptized, you're baptized at eight. Um, you start paying tithing. So how corrupt is that? Like, I remember getting like money for my birthday or, you know, working hard. Like I, you know, I was a country girl. So I, I did FFA and I showed a lamb and I got Aww. money for that. I know. It's so cute. <laughs> and I got money for that. And I was like guilted into paying tithing on that. And it's just like so evil to me that you would take money from a child. Yeah, it's just such a little amount. But even I remember you were taught you'd have primary lessons where even if you literally just get a dime, like maybe your grandpa gives you a dime to go buy a gumball, you're supposed to break it up into pennies. And you can only yep. keep nine of the pennies and you have to give one penny to the church. Like you're taught that from a such a young age about how like, yeah, you can't or if you get a dollar, you can't just have the whole dollar. You need to break it into coins and give 10 cents to the church. It is so really, it is really yucky. Yeah. OK, I only have two more. This next one is on the topic of unpardonable sin. Our Lord told the Jews that eventually, either in this world or in the world to come, all sins would be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. This sin is the unpardonable sin. Which is like denying the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, so it's basically what we're doing, like speaking (laughs) badly about the church and denying that it's real. And I just found this so fascinating because... That's not even a bad thing, but there's so many other things that people could do, like murder, for example, or molestation, rape, all different kinds of things. But he clearly says everything will be forgiven except for going against the church. That will not be forgiven. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a very um, fear inducing. Right. OK, last one I saved for, for last is what he thinks about women. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Setting the pattern for all her daughters for all ages, Eve's mortal mission included two special assignments. One, she was to be the helpmeet for her husband. And two, she was to bring forth children. I will will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, the Lord said. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Thus, woman's primary place is in the home, where she is to rear children and abide by the righteous counsel of her husband. Peter counseled, ye wives, be in subjection to your husbands, wear simple, unadorned apparel, for after this matter... In the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, those whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well. That's, yeah, I think he had nine kids, too, which his wife fully raised all by herself, we know, because... This is what he thinks about women. They are to stay at home and have kids and listen to their husband. That's it. It's it's disgusting. It's like they think of women as just 
baby making machines, like breeding machines, like fucking handmaid's tale. Like, yeah. and that they just have to be submissive to their husbands. And you guys, again, this was in the stores until 2010. And this is still doctor in that Mormon men and women will try to say, even if they're progressive, no, the church doesn't think that way. Blah, blah, blah. It, they do still. It's an underlying tone that never mm-hmm. goes away. I mean, no matter what they tell you, like, that is all, because the proclamation to the family, like, Mm -hmm. that is, you know, a woman is supposed to just have kids, shut her mouth, serve her husband, who's a worthy priesthood holder, and that's it. Yeah, and the man is the head of the household. Like, he just is, that's how God supposedly made it, like, that's how he ordained it, and so that's just what it is, and I'm here to say, no thank you, I will pass. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard pass for me. Hard pass. Well, that was all I could stomach to copy and read to you. Um, The whole book is just really, it's really bizarre and gross, too. Um, He was a very weird person. I mean, it makes sense because of, you know, Mormonism and his beliefs, but that is just one of the more, like, bizarre out there books like this one and um the miracle of forgiveness remember how we talked about that one yeah that ruffled so feathers yeah yeah it did (laughs) so they got mad they got mad they got real i can guarantee you with this episode we're gonna have so many people saying like that that wasn't church published. That was published by Bruce McConkie. And it's like, he was an apostle. Hey. <laughs> exactly. So make up your goddamn mind. Like, yeah. which one is it? Also, I just, I, I forgot to mention this one earlier. Um, I giggled. There was a comment. I don't know if you saw it on our uh, temple episode where you posted the the meme of, like, the prayer circle. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> some, some morbid person wrote, Please look up the definition of the word cult. Clearly, you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people, come on. (laughs) It just makes me giggle because how it shows up on Instagram is that's the copy and the little thumbnail of the the picture of the prayer circle is right beside it. And it's like, really? Like, that is a cult. Like, do you understand? (laughs) Oh, oh, poor Mormons. Well, maybe hopefully someday they'll see. <laughs> anyway, thank you for all the research and for okay. educating us on this book. It was very insightful, disgusting, and hard to stomach, but uh, insightful. Good to know. But yeah, thank you for being here with me. Thank you all for listening. We love you all very much, and we really appreciate your support. Exactly. Thank you, guys. And We'll um we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.